1: It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings. Really looking forward to today's interview with longtime NFL agent and my former NFL agent, Joe Linta, Yeah, I think Joe's been on once or twice maybe before over the last 10 years or so. So always good to bring him on. But also, I think there's a lot of misinformation and misnomers this time of year regarding just what agents do, just how much of an impact they have. So let's talk to an actual agent who is very blunt, very honest, and will tell us the deal. I like for you guys to get more informed. That's why you listen or watch the show youtube.com slash raw Tucker NFL to get a little bit more informed. Love those of you that contribute to the show in any way. Love having winners every week and being able to send you guys some awesome signed press passes. You can spread the word via social media. It's really easy for me to pick the people that do a Facebook review. Uh, Ross Tucker pod or you can rate and review the show like on Apple Podcast or Spotify that's gigantic for us and then email it to me Ross at rosstucker.com or go ahead and take advantage of any of the sponsors that you see over at Rosstucker.com and then just forward it to me after you take advantage of their code or whatever or some of you guys just take a picture of a La- lot La- Labat blue and send it to me which is amazing And then we've got the YouTube shout out. Which I love. It's somebody that subscribes to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. They hit the thumbs up and then they just comment on any video, and I'll do a personalized video shout out, cameo style, to whoever you want. So it's that simple. Patreon.com slash RT Media. If you want to be an official Tuckhead, it's big show time. The big show. As promised, we are joined by not only one of the best agents in the NFL business, but my former agent and a good friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in too long until I was able to talk with him recently. Of course, Joe Linta from JL Sports. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. Happy to do it, Ross. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. Just everybody knows a couple things, right? Number one, Joe, if you're not familiar... You know, a bunch of the guys that you've heard of that he represents, Joe Flacco, Kyle Juszczyk, Brian Hoyer, Cam Brait, Chuck Clark, Darnell, just to name a few. Uh, But he was my agent, most importantly, for our purposes. But I want to tell one quick story. I talked with Joe recently, and we only had a minute left in the conversation. And he could have said anything to me. He knew I had an 11.30 Zoom. And he said, hey, in the last minute, you got to tell me how you're doing, how's your family doing, how your girls are doing, which to me, like, says a lot about him and says a lot about who you are, Joe. I know you didn't, you know,
1: I didn't need to share that, but I've been thinking about it since we talked. I thought that was awesome, man. Well, and I'm glad I got the chance to see your uh, daughter sing the national anthem, which is... Thank God she looks like you. Not doesn't look like you. (laughs) And I know she doesn't sing like you. She's far better. But uh, that's a budding star. I think you're going to have Taylor Swift uh, Jr. on your hand. You know, it's funny. I I don't know if if you even know this, but you know Taylor's from my hometown. Why I'm missing Pennsylvania.
0: I remember you told me
1: that at one point. But uh, Yeah, I'm like friends with your
0: dad. It's just funny that that people keep making that reference. I, I highly doubt that. But I will say it's uh, it's just really cool. Like when your daughters are good at things and to watch them enjoy it and have some success, it's awesome. So here's what I'll tell you about Joe. I asked him to come on the show because we've never really had an agent on this time of year. First of all, we don't have agents on other than Joe like ever. But we don't have agents on very often. What do they really do? Like what, what are they really doing this time of year, and what I love about Joe and why he was my agent forever, he's honest, like brutally honest, which I think in today's day and age, Joe, some people can't handle, but I think your clients and people like me really gravitate to, right? You just want someone going to tell you the truth, like what, what the real deal is. And so I guess I want to start with this, like this time of year, okay, the draft is next week. What are you doing? I mean, you kind of already have the guys that are your prospects that you've signed. Who are you calling? What are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish this time of year?
1: Well, we have a collected group of kids we signed this year, 14 of them, and uh, several of them are going to be drafted. We know this. So the guys that that you kind of know are going to get drafted, you're just kind of updating teams on their health. Teams are calling you about, hey, is so-and-so's foot okay? That type of thing. So those guys are actually less work. Guys like you and guys that were non-drafted are uh, far, far more work than, say, a first-round pick because you've got to create uh, an impression about a kid who may have been rejected by the scouting services or just isn't known. And, you know, we're kind of past that stage now even with those guys. But uh, the young, the guys that are non combine guys are the guys that require the most work and you're just making sure that these teams are aware of them and scouting is a very very inexact science as it was with you when you came out and a lot of guys would not get their chance unless they were known about uh, somebody knew about them so you got to have a big mouth you got to believe in what you're doing and you got to be able to say hey this guy's the real deal I'm sure of it and after all these years of getting a lot of non-combine guys in the league we have a decent amount of credibility. For example, last year we had eight guys that were not invited to the combine that made active rosters. So teams tend to say, okay, this guy uh, does his work, scouts. I mean, I'm probably one of the few guys that go out there and actually work guys out as I did with you before I would actually sign them. So it's really just uh, for the non-combine, lesser-rated guys, you've got to prop them up by – knowing the player and for the combine guys, it's really just uh, filling backfilling information that teams may not have. So a lot of really interesting things there. First of all, I think we've told the story
0: on a prior episode when you were on, I know, I think this is your second or third time on, you know, and I, it's funny because I had Peter King on the show recently, Joe. And if someone said to me name, like, the five people that have had the biggest impact on your life and what your life is like, you would be one for sure, because I don't have a pro football career without you. And then that doesn't lead into the media career. And as I mentioned with Peter, I don't, I don't know what my media career is like. If Peter didn't let me write the Monday morning quarterback when I hurt my neck uh, against the Ravens. And I, I got like three media gigs from that. So Um, there's really only a couple people, maybe a handful in life that you can say, honestly changed your life. And like, you know, I'm sitting here talking with you with all my helmets behind me, my game balls, I'm looking over and I've got my frame jerseys over there. And none of that happens without you, which is such a cool thing for me, but even I would think almost cooler for you, like my whole life is because of you and, um, it's just very, very much appreciated. The counter to that, though, Joe, is the way you just described it. It's more work for less money. That doesn't sound like the greatest business model. <laughs> no, <laughs> With the but combine guys.
1: <laughs> no, but it's the joy of it. You know, I'm good place financially after all these years. So, you know, I'm. People say, "What are you going to do when you're retired?" I'm like, "I'm retired now. I'm doing everything I do is because I want to do it, not because I have to." And you know, it's like I, as you know, I coach high school football. So when you help a kid get a scholarship and he's hugging you and appreciative of it, it's, it's a high school version of what you just said. And I can't thank you enough for what you just said. And I'm definitely going to have you speak at my funeral. I'm going to tell my wife, Ross Tucker has to speak at my funeral after <laughs> what you just said. So uh, the joy you get out of that, it's not, I don't know, it's hard to hear an agent say this, but it's not always about money all the time. You want to have a nice house, two kids, a dog and a wife and all that. But you want to enjoy the process, enjoy every day. And, uh, you know, you played the number of years, but the joy of seeing you succeed when arguably a lot of people didn't believe in you at the time. And I'm arrogant. I know when I'm right, you know, I'll tell these guys, I might have one or two chosen ones of these guys every year that I know I'm right on done a lot of work, and that's what I did with you. That's why I had you drive up to Yale three or four days before the draft, if you remember.
0: Yeah, so um, that's unbelievable that you had eight guys not invited to the Combine make active rosters last year. That's insane. That just should not happen. I have to imagine at this point, Joe, with your track record, if I'm a team, I'm basically asking you, Who are your guys that you like that aren't going to get drafted, or maybe even that we should draft late seventh round, or you know in the seventh round, or guys aren't going to get drafted because we want them.
1: Uh, Now that's happening a lot more now than it did in the past. But you know, when you keep doing things the right way and you keep you know landing guys that end up making it. Now all these guys don't end up being starters; they don't all end up being Pro Bowl players, that type of thing. But you know, my take is if a guy is a non combine guy who uh, didn't go to all-star games generally and they make a practice squad that's good scouting if they make active roster all the better but it's a very inexact science and it all starts in the in the spring and the summer when excuse me the two scouting services go in and evaluate players and guys get missed Uh, sometimes it's due to uh, not looking thoroughly at the roster sometimes the coach doesn't give due to somebody who's actually a prospect sometimes. And the smaller the school, the more likely that is to happen. And you just have to make sure that as you scan the roster, kid. We uh, one of the kids we represent this year, I was at a game, a small school game looking at somebody else, and that somebody else stunk. But this guy was pretty good. And, you know, we looked, and he was not on any list. Nobody knew about him. And next thing you know, he's at the East-West game. Got your happy price, price line.
0: Well, um, if you remember, you went to my Harvard-Princeton game my junior year to scout a couple of guys that were seniors. And I jumped out to you, and you came up to me on the field. after the, We lost like 14-12. I was so upset. And uh, you said, I, th- I thought you said you were an NFL scout and uh, that you thought I had what it took to play in the NFL. And I was thinking to myself, that's not what NFL scout would do. And I was like mad. <laughs> we had <laughs> just lost to our biggest rival. Um, and then you called me in the spring and I was like, Oh, okay. You, that you really were that guy. Joe does, um, does an agent have anything to do with where or how high a guy gets
1: drafted? The higher rated the guy is the less impact that the agent has on the process. For example, In these first, second round, third round type guys, you're the equivalent of a teacher recommendation on a college application. You're just something, another supplement. So if player signs with some blue collar Walmart shopper like myself, it's like, okay, this kid has no character issues. That's one thing I would brag about. Every kid that I have uh, is a guy you would either have date your sister or you would bring them home for dinner. But the smaller the school guy, the more impact that we can have as agents by the credibility that we have uh, from our years in the business. Uh, So last year, we had a kid from Framingham State is one of these eight. Uh, I don't think anybody knew about him except me and his parents at the time. And, um, you know, we heard about him through a friend of a friend, one of those deals, and uh, my son and I drove up, my son who now works for me, drove up and we worked him out. We put him through a whole pro day and I just concluded this kid, there's no way this guy's not an NFL player. And in about the middle of February, we were really late to the dance with this kid. Uh, we just started calling every team. Nobody had him on the list, but you know, we, uh, did a film. Uh, we brought him down to, uh, the high school where I coach, we put him through another workout in uh, late March got it out, and the Seahawks uh, uh, took the cheese. They signed him, and, and he made it. So that's uh, – the lower the school, the lesser the uh, scouting uh, uh, report on the kid, the more impact you can have as an agent. I never asked you this. This is what I'm just curious about. You have almost every Ivy League
0: guy you know, that plays in the NFL, check and Braid and Toner and Justin Watson – um, what kind of feed? Like, what what is unique about being the quote unquote Ivy League agent? And what kind of feedback do you get from teams or questions do you get? Because I got the sense, the distinct sense. And now this is a long time ago, and there weren't as many Ivy guys going to the NFL when I came in. It was like Matt Burke was like the only guy at the time. Maybe Seth Payne. Um, but I got the sense that it wasn't really looked upon as a positive at all that I went to Princeton, you know, that it was certainly looked at as a, as a negative almost. Have you ever gotten that kind of feedback? Has that changed over the years about Ivy guys as NFL players?
1: It has uh, since you've been around. uh, There's a lot, a lot more dudes in the Ivy league now, and every year you're going to see a couple. uh, We have two of them this year, as a matter of fact. And I think that, Uh, uh, people realize that these kids are, are big time. And, you know, with the economy being as great as it's been over the last 10 years, 15 years, a lot of parents are able to say, you know what, we don't need to go to the full ride power five. You can go and get a Princeton Yale Harvard degree and mom and dad are willing to pay for it because as you know, the Ivy league doesn't give out scholarships. So uh, in recruiting, like, Signing players in the NFL is a very inexact science. I'm going through it right now, coaching high school football. That's why so many 1AA guys, some Division II, are getting signed and drafted because it is an inexact science from high school to college as well. So you're getting kids that should be Power 5, Division One players and ending up at either Ivy League or smaller schools. But the Ivy League is getting a lot of recognition now. There are kids every year. Uh, both of the kids that we represent this year, I would expect to be drafted at this point, but they were rejects in the summer and we, you know, had a little bit of a running start with them in the fall. We were able to get them as soon as their season was over and get them on the map. One is from your alma mater, Henry Bird, who's, uh, I feel very strongly will get drafted and and the other is uh, one of the defensive player of the year in the league, Truman Jones from Harvard. I was going to say, tell me about
0: him. I, I know a lot about about Bird. They've been telling me about him for for years. I've watched him play quite a bit. And, yeah, Truman Jones had an awesome year, right?
1: Yeah, well, he was uh, – you know, we just scoured the Ivy League. Uh, you know, I went to uh, your backup school, Yale, and, uh, you know, we we love to look at those guys because, you know, you're, you're also, beyond what you said before, these are kids that are just – generally really motivated and they really love what they're doing they're single minded at purpose like you've always been and that's why you respect them so much for example henry bird i had a conversation with him about 2 months ago uh and i said listen if i can't pull a rabbit out of my hat and get you into the nfl are you willing to go to the say the cfl to establish your name and he said joe i just want to play football i don't care where it is and I think you would have said the same thing at the time. So that made me say, okay, this guy has got it. He wants it. And with his physical ability, mental ability, and desire to want to be successful, there's no way he's not going to play. I would bet anyone $5,000 right now that he's going to be in the NFL in the fall. Uh, it could be active roster, could be starting, could be practice squad, but he will be playing football for money and not working on Wall Street.
0: Well, that would be awesome because it's a heck of a lot more fun than working on Wall Street from what I hear. Joe, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for everything. Really,
1: really appreciate it. I just wanted to make one last mention of just imagine how different your life would be if behind you was all prospectuses from deals on Wall Street as opposed to
0: football. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Thank goodness it's not. I'm sure that's a nice life too. But it's not my dream. I, I'm I'm two for two with my dreams. I either wanted to be a football player or a broadcaster, and I I'm both. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Ross. Bye-bye. You know what's cool about Joe Linta? Everything. You know what else is cool about Joe Linta? He's an awesome guy to have beers with. Beers like Lab Blue Light. If you really want to take things the next level during the hockey and basketball playoffs, Drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends or your agent like Joe Linta and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Tuck Steaks.
2: All right, Ross, we'll start with the Cleveland Browns losing First Energy as their stadium naming rights partner.
0: I don't really know the backstory. I don't really know what happened there or what's going on. I do know that that. is a significant source of income for the teams and not not really a positive that they're losing First Energy. I don't know. Maybe I'm out of the loop and something's going on with First Energy as a business or whatever. Um, usually, though, I feel like when teams do this, they end up getting the next naming rights partner, but maybe that will take some time for Cleveland. So for right now, it's Cleveland Browns Stadium. Tuck takes.
2: Longtime Buccaneers defensive tackle Gerald, Gerald McCoy announces his retirement after 12 years, and Cardinal safety Buda Baker has asked for a
0: trade. Well, Gerald, I mean, 12 years is a terrific NFL career, especially for an interior lineman. I think he made six Pro Bowls. I know he made a lot of money, so congratulations to Gerald on really an outstanding run, awesome career. And then for Buda Baker, that's an interesting one to me. I mean, he's already making a lot of money his cap numbers and salary for the next two years are a lot. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. I guess he wants to be um, the highest paid safety. I, I don't blame him. You know, guys want to get as much money as they can, I suppose. And maybe he realizes it's kind of a rebuild there in Arizona and he'd rather go to a contending team. And if he's not going to go to a contending team, he wants to be the highest paid guy. That's certainly a possibility. So um, those are the two situations going on with Buda Baker. Really good player. I just think with some of these guys, the Buda Bakers, the Hopkins, when they have these big cap numbers at this stage of the process, makes it harder for people to be able to to trade for them. They just don't have that kind of cap space or cap room. Tuck takes.
2: A flurry of signings across the league. The Patriots signed quarterback Trace McSorley. The Steelers signed Tanner Muse. The Falcons signed edge Rusher Bud Dupree. Wide receiver Justin Watson signs back with the Chiefs. Panthers signed Demir Bird. And the Dolphins choose Chosen Anderson.
0: Nice. Nice, Jack. You're so proud of yourself for that one. McSorley's interesting because there's some reports about the Patriots looking to trade Mac Jones. So, Do they have McSorley there in case they do that, which I don't think they're going to do. Bud Dupree, the Falcons are not messing around. I mean, the Falcons are continually adding to that defense. Falcons are one of several teams that thinks they can win the NFC South. And you know what? Um, I don't blame them. I mean, I don't blame them at all. Then you've got Justin Watson back with Justin Watson. We were just talking about him. Joe Lint is his agent. That's unbelievable. Um, good for Justin. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He was just on with us last week, which is great timing. Best Ivy League player I've ever seen. Demir Bird signs with somebody every year. And terrible decision by uh, Chosen Anderson, formerly Robbie Anderson, signed with the Dolphins because two is number one. Chosen and Anderson needed to go to a, a team where he could be number one, and then he would be Jack, the chosen one. <laughs> good one duck
2: steaks daniel snyder agrees to sell the team to josh harris for 6.05 billion dollars
0: so i'm gonna make this my labat blue take of the week presented by labat blue light the pristine canadian pilsner enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we always enjoy responsibly beer labat usa buffalo new york i talked last week uh, Jack, on social media, people can check it out at Ross Tucker NFL about how wonderful this news is for the commanders and their fans. There's another side of this. This is not good for the rest of the NFL. I don't care what they say. I mean, listen, I know they wanted to get rid of Daniel Snyder, but all the other owners, when, they, when things weren't going well, they always kind of had another owner to be like, mm, yeah, at least I'm not Daniel Snyder. At least we're not Washington. He's gone now, especially Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. The Washington franchise has been in the basement for the most part. They can only go up from here, from an ownership perspective. So while it's a wonderful thing for fans of that franchise, not exactly great for the fans of the other teams, specifically in the NFC East. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporter Culture, Humanhead NYC.com, Steakhouse Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, Backoffice and of course, my story.com. Check out the college draft.